You are listening to audio messages from Sunday mornings at Horizon. It is our hope and desire that this podcast would be a useful tool in your growth and in your walk with Christ. If you've not yet subscribed to our various channels, make sure you do so in order to stay up to date with the most current messages. More information about Horizon, as well as notes for this message, can be found at www.horizonweb.org. Good morning, Horizon! I haven't said that for over a month. So if you're new here, my name is Tim Stevenson. I'm one of the pastors here, and I've been on vacation. And it was horrible. I mean, it, I mean, it was. I mean, three over three weeks in Mexico, staring at an ocean. This cross I have to bear. Someone had to look at it, so it was me and my lovely bride. And I, we did have a crisis this morning. Let me announce that right now. There was a crisis this morning. The coffee wasn't ready. It's ready now. So if you need to get up and get a cup of coffee, go for it. I don't know if I can make it through the sermon without my cup of coffee. Um, no, it was a great, great vacation. Thank you for allowing me to do that and Jeff to do that. It's the first time we've both been gone uh, that length of time and had a great time in Mexico. A lot of firsts down there. I ate my first olive voluntarily. Uh, that was a big deal. I ate a mushroom voluntarily. That was a big deal. I caught my first Dorado. That was awesome. First time on a yacht, 70-foot yacht, friends, we'd made over the years. It's amazing what friends you can meet, meet at the pool, and you just develop relationships that continue uh, all throughout. And um, some other firsts, because from Mexico, we went to Texas for a week. And uh, greetings to my brother-in-law in Texas who's watching. Uh, and greetings to Lodi, too. Haven't said hi, Lodi, for a long time either. Uh, but um, went to Texas. One of our first ever is that Gwen had to spend the night in the airport in San Diego because the little plane was late from getting from Mexico. We came up to the counter in San Diego, and he says, your bags aren't going to make it. You have to decide right now who's getting on this plane and who's not. And Gwen took the, took, took the sword, and she stayed. Uh, they didn't give any vouchers. They didn't do anything. So a lot of people were sleeping in the airport in San Diego while I was off. Sitting to it next... See, I love traveling with my wife because I can lean on her. But when you're, when you're this big in a seat, I fly like this the whole time. And so introducing myself to my neighbor saying, I will touch you. My name's Tim. So just <laughs> let's get to know each other. Um, and we went to Texas, and it was great visiting my sister and family, and then Gwen's sister down in Dallas and family. Jeff and I got to, to play in Texas at my sister's uh, restaurant, and uh, it wasn't the turnout they had expected, but I had a blast. We had a blast, and it was great playing in Texas. I wrote a song called Smoking Angels from Texas. And I got to play that song in Texas. It was a beautiful day. And I've never played with fireflies flying in the air, lightning in the background. It was, it was, a, it was a great time. So thank you for allowing us to do that. I, I truly do feel rested. I do have this staff. It's not for an illustration. I tweaked my back. Must have been reeling in that Dorado. I don't know. Um, but I got a little tweak going in the back. It's good to be back. Well, we are starting a series next week going through the book of 2 Timothy. And so I, I'm, when I get away, I'm so glad 
that I have a great team. I mean, Dinesh and Jared and John, you were well taken care of. So this is kind of a standalone, and I kept thinking, what am I going to do? Just a standalone sermon that's not connected to anything on Independence Day weekend. Now, I grew up in a very patriotic family. My dad served in Korea in the Army. My brother served in Marines. My uncle served in the Marines. Um, uh, waving the flag, 4th of July. My sister and I were talking about it last week, of just what we remember of the fireworks and the patriotism, the parades, and the, the square brick of pink popcorn wrapped up. Did you guys ever have, remember that? I, I can still remember the first time I got it. Some of you young people, what's that? You know, uh, it was awesome. I can still see, man, a brick of popcorn. How cool is this? And um, just the whole pageantry of that. And uh, I'm very patriotic, and I think any Christian in any nation of their own should be very patriotic toward their own nation. I'm just here in the United States, and I, I love America. I love our flag, and even on our mantle above our fireplace were two bronze scrolls, and printed on them was the Gettysburg Address, which you've never read it. You need to. And the Declaration of Independence. Now, obviously, it was a very small print. I had better eyes then, and I could read part of that. And I've read both of those documents over and over again, and even when I was on vacation, I read the Declaration of Independence again where 13 colonies decided to basically send a Dear George letter to Britain and break away from the tyranny. It's interesting, the Constitution, if you haven't read it, do it. Um, it was written by Thomas Jefferson, but he was 33 years old when he wrote it. I mean... Be like, Micah, I want you to write a Declaration of Independence for a new nation that we're trying to form. I mean, 33. I mean, Ben Franklin was there. John Adams was there to help along the way. But he was only 33 years old. Even on the first copy, I mean, we see copies with all the names below there, John Hancock being the boldest and biggest. But the original copy, original one that they voted on only had two signatures on it, John Hancock and the president of the Congress at that time. 13 states eventually ratified it. Only 12 at the beginning because New York abstained. Surprise. Um, and all, it wasn't signed with the names until August, uh, but they ratified it on July, July 4th. And so I, I'm going to read just part of it. It's not that long to read all of it, but... The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. The 13 states that were united. That's what United States means. It's 50 states that have united together to be America. And this was 13 uniting themselves together. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A dissent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to separation. And there are 27 causes that are listed there. 
of what Britain and King George had done. The probably most noted sentence in this document was this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that all, all are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 56 men signed this document. They weren't like today, lifelong politicians. They were lawyers, doctors, and most of them were farmers. Now what's interesting is the last line of this document because it says this, and for the support of the, this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred they knew in signing this document what was at stake. Immediately after this, five were captured on this list and tortured and killed. Twelve of their homes were burned to the ground. They lost two, two sons were killed in the Revolutionary Army. Two sons were captured. The one from New Jersey, John Hart, returned home after being in hiding, and he was unable to find all his children because they were signing a document that meant treason to Britain. And it amazes me that today that even as of late, this, you know, America was not established on the belief of God. Four times in this document, God is mentioned. I mean, when he talks about the creator and the judge of the world, The Supreme Court made a decision while I was gone a week ago, uh, overturning Roe v. Wade. And before anyone, oh, here he gets political. Guys, this is not politics. This is about morality. That's what this is. It's not politics. Please don't. It, it's about morality, where God answered the prayers of overturning a decision that has killed 63 million of 63 million. That's 20% of our population right now. Babies. So, you know, people getting up and all. They just said, states, you decide. But there should be a rejoicing. I hope there was rejoicing when you heard that. I mean, I just, I mean, this, guys, if you're new here, this is a pro-life church. We have been pro-life, we will be pro-life, and we'll never stop being pro-life. And we will celebrate that. But Proverbs 29.2 says this, when the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. And there's been a lot of groaning going on lately. But this is something we should rejoice in. So let's, how about we give God a hand? Thank you for answering a prayer. It's been 50 years in coming. Now understand something, guys. The fight isn't over. I mean, you've got... I mean, the day after, you had companies say, we will fly you to the states that will do this. They will pay. Well, I'm not doing business with any of those companies anymore. Just not going to do it. All right? I, I can't. That's not going to hurt them in any ways unless a lot of us do it. But, guys, if you want to do it, fine. I, you have the freedom. That document gave you the freedom to do things.
but it also gave me freedom to do things. And so we need to celebrate that, but realize, guys, this fight ain't over by no means, especially in the state of California. Uh, and we need to keep praying of how many babies were saved by that decision in so many states that have acted in, you can't get an abortion here. Um, I know the debate is bigger than that, but guys, this is not about politics. This is about morality, where one of the first things God commanded us, do not murder. And um, let me go back to that last line there, because it says, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. They believed, and people, well, they weren't all Christians. Well, they were, they were all believers that there was a God. Now, whether it was like Jefferson, where just he just uh, kind of godly figure, kind of like, almost like A.A. has it, or it's God where they, they were Puritans and just deep within the Bible itself. But they believed in a higher power. They believed in a God Almighty. And they believed that they were putting themselves under the protection of the divine. A firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence. And when I started thinking about it, this is not a declaration of independence. It's a declaration of independence. See, if you just put that dash there, four times in this document, they were talking about God. That they knew that they were dependent upon God. That true freedom comes from only dependence on God. I mean, we live in a world where I don't need anyone, I'm on my own, I don't need any help, but here's the government saying, we'll pay off your student loans. I'm waiting for that check. How many of you guys are waiting for that check? We're going to do this, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you this. It seems like people want to be on their own until it comes down to finances. They say, God helps those who help themselves. That's what the Bible says. No, it doesn't. What the Bible says is this, God helps those who admit they can't help themselves. Dependence. We are dependent on God for the very breath you breathe, by the way. I, 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 you know, when I pray, and I pray it often, God, thank you for this day. That means you're not done with this yet, because I took a breath this morning that he so gave me to take. Paul knew this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He says, but he said to me, by gra my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. He knew his, where his dependence was. Peter says in 1 Peter 2, 16, live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as servants of God. You're free, but that freedom comes in dependence of me and on me. Again, guys, freedom, true freedom, is only brought about when our dependence is upon God. The declaration of independence. Several things that we're dependent on that they believe too, the original signers. 
declaration, dependence on God for our provision. He provides. Philippians 4, 19, and my God will meet all your needs. How many needs? All. And your needs, not wants, according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or how about your body, what you will wear, what the gas prices is. It is not life more, it's not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And the answer is what? Yeah. We have a dependence on his provision, a dependence on God for our protection. Psalm 4.8, I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O Lord, will make me dwell in safety. Psalm 121, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Now, does that mean bad things won't happen to you? No. That means he's always aware. He's always there. He's never going to go away. And that protection eventually will be our inheritance in heaven. He's protecting that as well. That's what Paul kept saying. My salvation, my eternity, my reward is protected. Dependency on God for our problems. Psalm 16, 5 through 8. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Does it do that, guys? You're sitting there laying at night, you're just thinking, and all of a sudden, a passage or a thought from God and is instructing you about maybe a situation or a worry or concern you have. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. One of the things I do when I'm down in Mexico uh, is I write. And um, I write poems that eventually... Some of them turn into songs, and I've never been that. It just as of late, it seems that God has given me, I don't know, I, I enjoy doing it, whether anyone else enjoys them or not, but my family got, got a poem a day. I mean, I wrote 27 poems when I was away, uh, which that was a double of the record last year that I wrote. It just, when I'm reading the scriptures, when I'm reading a book about God or something, something hits me, and it just, I just got to start, start writing. Plus, I didn't have the pressure. I didn't have any appointments to go to. I didn't have anything to do but sit there and enjoy myself. So that allowed me to do this. One I wrote was called Cloud Rider. Because in Psalm 68, it talks about that God rides amongst the clouds. Who is the one riding gracefully through the ancient skies? Whose enemies are like smoke blowing, candles melting, melting by a fire as it slowly dies? Who is the one riding clouds in the big blue sky, father to the fatherless, embracing the widow as she cries? Providing a family for the orphans, setting free those locked away, he goes before his people, keeping his enemies at bay. 
His people are clothed in silver. Their gold shines by the fires at night. The enemies are scattered and defeated by the rider in the sky. Praise to the great cloud rider, our burdens he daily bears, displaying his strength in prayer for those who are in his care. He gives provision. He gives protection. He did, he's there for the problems of our day. Dependence on God for perpetuity. I had to look that word up because I needed another P because I had provision, protection problems, and I needed a P to kind of finish off the four Ps. Perpetuity means eternity. I've never used the word, never spelt the word before, but I stuck it in there just so I had four Ps, not three. <laughs> Dependence on God for our salvation, our eternity. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, guys, to give me freedom by believing in his name. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes, whoever is dependent upon him. That's what you're saying. I'm dependent. I'm, I'm pushing all in on you, God. That's who I'm listening to. That's who I'm hoping for. That's who has my salvation. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, who is dependent upon me, will live even though he dies. As trusting Jesus means that I've dedicated ourselves to following him. Dependent upon him. And that's where freedom comes. That's why John 8 31, 32, to the Jews who had believed, he said, those who said, I'm going to be dependent upon you, he said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So my freedom is based on listening to what he says, applying that and be dependent upon that. That's where my freedom comes from, dependency upon God. But again, that last line of the Declaration of Independence and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. We mutually pledge to each other because freedom comes when we're dependent upon each other as well, guys. The body of Christ is meant to be dependent upon each other. It's like the great redwoods. Very rarely will you ever see a redwood all by itself. That's why it's a redwood grove. That They grow together and they stand strong. But if you were to dig down to the roots, you'll find that all the roots are connected together, making this one body. That's why they're so strong, that you can't figure out which root goes to which tree. And that's what the church is supposed to be, interconnected with each other, giving strength to each other. When the storms come, protecting each other. There's no such thing that God created independent Christians. We, we don't do this well by ourselves. We need each other. If the pandemic told us anything, is how much we need each other. Bible says in Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Now, we do a better job mourning than rejoicing with each other. I mean, I, oh, I'm sorry you're going through this, but if someone has something I don't, it's, it's usually harder to rejoice. But they're connected. We rejoice together. We mourn together. This is why we are called to be together, not just sitting in church on Sunday. This is not together. 
It's when we meet. It's when we fellowship, small groups, journey, one-on-one disciples. When we're getting to know other people, we are connected. We, wor- we don't worship independent of each other. Now, I can worship on my own. I did plenty of worship down in Mexico as I was staring at the ocean. I was reading the scripture, the plane. I was doing so just enjoying. I was worshiping all the time. But worship is meant to be together, so much so. In Matthew 5, 23, in the Sermon on the Mount, this is what Jesus says. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, if you are worshiping God, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave. Pause the worship. Go take, get, take care of business with your brother, your friend. It's brought, brought to your attention for a reason. Do your business. Then come, push play again. Our worship is interconnected. Then he says, pause it until you guys are together. Then come back to me. We suffer together. 2 Corinthians 1, 7, and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. There's a power, guys, when, when people are suffering. I had uh, Joel Richardson, who was here, spoke, contacted me when I was in Mexico. He says, hey, I just had a buddy, just lost his leg in a motorcycle accident. Can't you reach out to him? And so for the last month, I've been texting him almost every day. How you doing today? How's the pain today? Giving him help. Okay, this is what's coming next. This is what's going to happen. Make sure you do this. Watch out for this. I mean, simple things. Hey, he says, well, I, I had my first shower at home. Hey, dude, I put an outdoor shower at my place. You, know, you need to do that. You live in Boston. That might be a little tougher during the wintertime than it is here. And just back and forth because why? I've been where he's at. I know what he's going through. I know the pain. I know the phantom stuff. I know all that kind of stuff. And so we share. We share. When, when, we, when we know someone is hurting and we reach out to them, as we're meant to do this together, we pledge. We're commanded to love one another throughout the scripture. We're commanded to hope together. Hope. Titus 2.13 says, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. It's encouraging one another. The day's coming. He's going to return. He's going to restore things. Ephesians 1.14, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to praise of his glory. We have this guarantee. It's our hope. And we encourage one another, especially when one's getting down, one's getting dragged down with the problems of the day, we can come along and encourage them in the hope that is coming, his return, his restoration, his eternity and salvation with him. True freedom, guys, as we celebrate freedom comes from dependence on God. True freedom comes from dependence on each other. Now, I can't be dependent on everybody here. That's not going to happen. I was not meant to be that way. I mean, technically they say you can only have a hundred connections. That's usually the round figure. hundred people. And when people say, well, your church is too big. What? It doesn't matter whether it's 50 people or 5,000. You only get to know the same amount of people. So focus in on those people. 
connect with those people. When God gives you a, a thought, I, several times this morning as I'm out in my prayer room, like, yeah, this person came to mind. This person came to mind. Pull out and text them. I love texting from that standpoint. I was thinking about you, praying for you right now. Understanding you're going down to Mexico on the family mission trip, first time with your whole family. I said, I remember my first time with my whole family. One of the greatest things I ever did was bring my family down there. We still talk about it. Making connections. Freedom that Christ gives me is dependent upon my dependency upon him, his words. Freedom is, is necessary, dependency on one another to encourage us in the freedom that we have received. Let me encourage you on this Independence Day. Let us celebrate Independence Day. We've been blessed with a great country. It's got its problems and its issues. Um, there's much ahead uh, that I look at and just shake my head at some things and then I praise God for others. Um, but this I know. God's in control. He hasn't lost the keys. He knows what's going on. He's not up there going... <laughs> what he's wanting is for each one of us who calls ourselves Christ stand again, to have our dependency upon him. Much like Dinesh, Jared, and John, which I thought was hilarious, being that they didn't know what they're talking on, and they all chose that whole idea of the presence of God. What I enjoyed most, other than spending time with my family on vacation, was that time in the Word uh, for me. I wasn't prepping any message. And I believe that's why so many poems came out of that. Because I'd camp out on one psalm and something would just come off the page. My plan is to try to do that more often here. Sometimes schedule doesn't permit that much time to write. But it gives me ideas to write as I read through Psalm 7 how Israel vexed God and said in the NIV. I just stopped. I go, vexed? Have I ever vexed you, God? Have my actions vexed you? Because that's what Israel's doing. They, they believe, but then turn away and sin again. To allow the dependency on his word freedom that we have, guys, to celebrate that I can have my Bible. We can be here in church together. There's no one counting out there who's here and who's not. And we live in a blessed country. Yeah, gas prices are high, food prices are high, and all those things. But we still manage to get here. No one's starving yet. We've been through, some of us can say we've been through this before. Yet God is still in control. Let's celebrate our independence day and become dependent upon him. Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. I thank you um, for the freedom that we have. The freedom that we have in Christ. I don't need a government to tell me that I'm free uh, in you. 
But we live in a country that we are free to do as well, at least to this point, and help us take advantage of that. May we use that to share our faith. May we use that to tell other people about the truth and the freedom that we have, that our freedom is because we're dependent on God. I thank you that you established this nation. I thank you that you established it. That it was established by men who believed in you. Father, that's being kind of taken away or trying to be taken away. Help us to know what to fight for, what's important, not just to get involved for politics for political sake, but for morality sake, of what's important to you and what matters to you. And may we speak that truth loudly and boldly as we pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org.